everyone, and welcome back to now the third episode of Agency Nation Radio. My name is Ryan Hanley. I'm the head of marketing at TrustedChoice.com, and I am joined, as always, by Marty Agather. Say hello, Marty. Howdy. So we take feedback to our show very, very seriously. We said that from the beginning that we would, and the feedback we've gotten is that we stink, or more importantly, <laughs> that we... Uh, what was the word that someone used? Uh, blather too much in the show. So um, I find that to be interesting on a few different levels, mostly because I think it's probably true. Um, and uh, one of the things that Marty and I do like to do is talk. Um, most of the time we talk about nothing and everything at the same exact time. And what we may have realized is that for the pur- purposes of this show, that that style is not appropriate. And what we want to do and what we've always wanted to do is deliver as much value as we can to you, our listeners. So we want to know we're listening. And for that reason, we're going to be dialing in our format today. We're going to be shortening the episode to right around 25 minutes. We're going to be talking about some some key concepts. We're going to talk uh, very tactical, very straightforward, get down to business, um, reference a few articles that are going to guide our discussion, and some, in particular, some research that we found, and, um, and try to keep it concise to the point so that you can use this podcast as a tool to grow your agency. Marty, does that sound like something you're going to be able to keep yourself to? I'll do my darndest. <laughs> so let's get let's get right to it. All right, so the first thing that I found this week is actually from eConsultancy.com. Uh, they do a lot of research reports and, and, and work with a lot of uh, outside vendors to come up with research and, and boil that research down into kind of bits that we can use in our business. And they came out with, on uh, April 27th, an article titled Three Key Trends from the Financial Services and Insurance Sector. And this is a report around uh, digital marketing spend and digital marketing trends. And uh, you know, one of the kind of pieces of information they found: sixty-three percent of responding companies will be increasing their digital marketing budgets in twenty fifteen. That kind of makes sense. Digital marketing becoming more and more important as uh, the connected generation grows, and and more people, um, you know, uh, communicate, build relationships, and make buying decisions online. The part that I found most interesting, and why I wanted to include this study in our conversation today, is that. Uh, when surveyed on key priorities, the number one priority that uh, came out of the report, and, and this actually was, um, uh, so, so the financial services and insurance sector had the largest uh, difference from uh, kind of the, all the sectors combined. So they, they take the entire business community and uh, just peeling out the financial services and insurance sector, customer experience so increased digital marketing spend around creating a, a better customer experience was 33% of the respondents came back as that with that as a key priority versus only 22% of the rest of the markets. And I found that to be incredibly interesting. And I think, Marty, this actually ties in really well with our first episode when we were talking about how to use uh, click tracking tools to create uh, a higher quality customer experience on our websites. It seems to me like what eConsultancy has found here is that across the board, uh, the insurance industry and the financial services industry is realizing that um, the internet isn't just a place to sell. It's a place to communicate, uh, build communities. Um, it really is uh, a digital storefront, and for that reason, customer ex- uh, customer experience is incredibly important. 
I think one of the big one of the big realizations that uh, many uh, financial services organizations, uh, in general, and insurance uh, organizations in particular, are finding is that it's very easy for one of their customers to move. And so what they're realizing is that if they want to keep those customers for the long term, they've got to offer them uh, a digital experience that makes it easy for the customer. And that's really, I think, why you see the big disparity between what's going on in the financial services industry and the market overall. Uh, The market overall, frankly, is probably a little bit ahead of us in terms of uh, how they've been focusing that. And so that, uh, coupled with this, uh, the, low, um, the low cost to move, I think gives these um, financial services company the incentive to try to get this right. Yeah, I think you're right on the ball there. I, I, I think, especially in the personal insurance industry, the barrier to move your insurance as a consumer is relatively low. Right, especially with how easy some of the direct writers make it. Um, you know, if you're if you're starting to have something that feels difficult or or uncomfortable or just causes you any real type of brain drain, you know, it it almost is worth you know I think to some consumers at least trying some of these organizations like direct writers that make it so easy. I mean, say what you want about uh, direct writers and a lot of the captives in terms of the actual product that they provide in terms of insurance. Um, the ease of doing business, I think, is why so many consumers, uh, why so many consumers give these these methods of purchasing in- insurance a try. And that's why, you know, when we're looking at this report, why so much money in our sector is going into customer experience is it's most likely uh, the and they did not break out independent carriers from directs and captives in this study. So, you know, this is an inference, maybe, is that, um, you know, all the all these independents and and maybe people who are lagging are seeing that the, the heavy players at the top have spent so much money on customer experience and they're trying to catch up. Well, one of the things, I mean, this this hits at one of my sort of uh, key analysis of, 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 you know, the advantages and disadvantages of being uh, in the independent agency channel. And quite frankly, one of the biggest challenges that we have had since day one is the fact that we have multiple business partners. So that adds to the complexity of any um, of any technology solution we deploy. Whether that's as simple as, you know, back in the day, um, getting an application to more than one insurance company, um, right now to, to the whole concept of this customer experience, because each carrier that you represent has a different automation capability. Compare and contrast that to, you know, one of the big captive agency companies, State Farm. Now, I honestly don't know exactly all the technology that State Farm has, but I'm pretty sure that because a State Farm agent only has one carrier to deal with, that they've got a fairly consistent experience across policies. Think about if you've got a customer as an independent agent who's got two or three different carriers, can they, can they pay their bill online with all three carriers? That's a good question. Odds are pretty good that that State Farm agent could offer online bill pay for all of the policies that one of their customers has. 
So um, I think that's 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 one of the real challenges we face in this area. Yeah, I you know I know uh, sometimes so I get a lot of feedback from different articles that I write on Agency Nation. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'm purposefully trying to push the envelope a little bit to get conversations flowing. And I wrote one the other day about, um, uh, and this was actually in response to an article on Property Casualty 360 that an agent had written about going back to, uh, you know, his argument was that we should go back to, like, only doing business with people that we can see face to face and that really the pressing the flesh handshake is still the best way to do business. And, like, that sounds... That sounds amazing, right? Like if it was 1947 and, you know, we were, or, you know, we wanted to, we didn't have technology and no one expected these things and that's fine. But I think today uh, that's, that's not reality. And I wrote an article saying uh, being less responsive, providing less technology to your customers and less accessibility, which is essentially what this person was advocating for, um, is not the solution. And the pushback that I got from a few people was, well, you know, it's really not on the agents to provide that. It's on the carriers. And, uh, and, and, and I do think there's some truth there, right? Like, so to your point, uh, the carriers all want to have their own proprietary system, proprietary technology, and it makes it incredibly difficult for the independent insurance agent to, uh, to, to, to integrate with all those systems. However, I'm going to push back because I don't think agents are doing everything they can. And my number one piece of data on that uh, from uh, the Agents Council of Technology in Romberg, uh, somewhere between or, or, or e-signature technology has only been implemented in between 17 and 19% of the independent insurance agencies within the big eye. So here is a no doubt, no brainer piece of technology, which immediately makes your business more accessible, easier to work with uh, from an insurance buying perspective. And only nine, 17 to 19% of big eye insurance agents have adopted this technology. So I kind of think like, yes, it's easy for the independent agent to push back on the carrier and say it's their fault, right? And, and carriers, I think, could do a better job. That being said, as agents, we should be doing everything we can to provide a better customer experience. And like e-signature to me is a no-brainer and it just isn't being adopted. And uh, so, I, you know, I kind of think it goes both ways there and we need to look in the mirror and say to ourselves, um, customer experience online is a priority and what are we doing? What can we do to provide a better customer ex- so- uh, experience? So I did a little bit of a drill down on this, Ryan, and and here are a couple of things that um, the customers have said are are must-have technical solutions. All right, um, they want account information on the website. So y- you mentioned right there that the that the agency has an obligation, the agent that's focused, the agency that's focused on customer experience has an obligation to to do some work and implement technology. Uh, There are a number of software solutions out there that will connect to your agency management system and allow you to provide some level of customer detail out on the web to customers who come in, securely log in to your account. Um, Some of them are designed to do some self-servicing, but for the most part, it's designed to give the consumer the information that they want, right? So, so to your point, 
I would suggest that any agency that takes this seriously, that really wants to think about customer experience, needs to get one of these tools to connect their management system to the web so that those tech-savvy customers who want to access that information can find it no matter when they want it, even if it's at 9 o'clock at night. And I don't think, I don't think that by providing self-service tools online for our customers, we are diminishing our value as independent agents. And I think that's some of the issue. I don't think that's the whole issue. I think it's part of the issue is uh, we worry that if a customer can come in and you know download uh, different policy documents or look at different policy documents, that somehow that makes it easier for them to switch or that uh, we become more of a commodity. And I I just don't believe that. I think that uh, I think if we're prov- if we are the value creators, the advisors that we that we um, we want to portray ourselves to be, then um, then providing these tools only amplifies what we're what we're doing. Not it doesn't diminish it. It uh, you know there, there's all kinds of different tools, and I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you know of some tools besides eSignature, besides uh, kind of uh, putting your policy data online, what are some other tools that uh, agents can be using to provide a better digital customer experience? Uh, if you go to agencynation.com forward slash show zero three, you can get to the show notes for this page. Or uh, connect with us on Facebook and, and just leave a comment. Let us know why. Um, you know what are some of the tools that we can be using? Because I'd love to to take this kind of customer experience tools conversation a little deeper. Uh, but for, but for today, I think we've kind of beat it up quite a bit, uh, or at least at least started the conversation. But we want to hear from you guys and uh, agencynation.com forward slash show zero three. This is the third episode, and we can we can take that conversation a little a little bit farther now, uh, Marty. So. One of the one of the things um, another th- another article that I found was was really interesting online was about uh, how to spend a hundred dollars on social media marketing. So this was actually from Buffer, which is a social media management tool. Excellent tool has a lot of free capabilities that agents could take advantage of. And uh, if you want to go even further, there's some paid capabilities. Though I don't think there are many agents that would even need the paid capabilities. I think the free would be more than enough. Uh, but they wrote an article on their blog titled "How to Spend a Hundred Dollars on Social Media Marketing," and I think it's incredibly interesting. And I wanted to dive into a couple pieces here. Um, you know, sp- specifically, it breaks out. You know, so I think that the obvious things would be like um, the obvious things would be like you know, buy Facebook ads or whatever. This isn't just advertising. You know, some of the things that they talk about in here are like uh, design graphics and photos. So uh, they said, you know, one of these, and there's all different cuts. So I'm not going to talk about, you know, because they cut it a couple different ways. Like you can, if you're uh, heavy on social, on um, on distribution or heavy on customer service, they kind of break it out a couple different ways. And I'll let you kind of click through and check it out. Uh, all the articles that we talk about will be on the show notes page. But there were a few that I thought were interesting. And this first was um, was spending some money on good images. And I think that uh, this is incredibly important because images really push the social side of, of marketing our business. So your image doesn't have to be just about policy forms and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, when you write an article on your site, having a really high quality image is important. But what we don't want to do is just go to Google Images and steal that photo. 
because anybody who gets a B in their bonnet can then come after you and has every legitimate right to sue you. It's incredibly easy for them to do that because of the way the laws are set up. And uh, in some cases, they can charge you. You know, it's not just like take it down. You'll get a bill in the mail for fifteen hundred bucks because they'll say this has been on your site for seven months, and you know, bop bop bop. Here you go. They have a whole, uh, you know, depending on what where it's from. And there have been more than a few cases of people uh, having some serious issues with using these images. So, what Buffer says, couple sites, death to the stock photo, stock photo site, um, basically $10 a month subscription fee, and you can download stock photos, really high quality photos. Fiverr is another good one. So, Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. And this is a place where you can get images designed. And the last one, which isn't actually on this list, that I'd recommend is Unsplash. So U-N and the word splash.com. Go there, check it out. Those are free stock photos. You can use them in any way you want, and you don't even have to give attribution. It's a very interesting site. They're kind of, I think they're running kind of a social experiment to see uh, how how those uh, those images proliferate throughout the web. But they're really high quality images, and they're free for you to use. Um, Ryan, yeah. I, I wanted to address something that you that you talked about there, um, and that is that images uh, have ownership, right? So, so what you what you indicated was that you know somehow you could uh, find in a Google search the, the perfect image and throw it up on your site, and then that got you in trouble. Well, that part of that is because images are copyright can be copyrighted. Um, so one of the things you want to do is you want to look for images which you have rights to use. Now, one of the ways to do that is to to um, to, to go to subscribe to one of these uh, photo sites that that Ryan was talking about. But the other thing is to to look at image attribution and Creative Commons, right? So some photographers take pictures and they basically say, as long as you say that you got this picture from me, it's okay to use it. And so if you did that and you attribute that photo appropriately you can use that photo right so that would be exactly what's going on in that last free site you talked about so you got any comments on that for our listeners yeah i I just think that uh so i think the the issue there is people say well geez if i have to link out am i hurting my seo it's it's really there's really no uh impact on your seo at all if you are linking from your site to the site that you got that image from, and actually, it it, it really it, it is a one hundred percent of best practice. You want to protect yourself with images. It doesn't mean that you sh- you should always have an image. Every page on your site should have some form of image somewhere. Okay, images are incredibly important to the overall quality of your site. They humanize it. They 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 add emotion. Um, they make it easy to scan and get the gist of. Really, really important, but uh, they can trip you up. So you want to make sure that you either have the ability um, that you've bought the image and that's given you the rights to it, that it has this Creative Commons license, Flickr, F-I-L-I-C-K-R dot com. Another good one is Canva, C-A-N-V-A dot com. So Canva is another site. Uh, they have some images for free. Some images cost a dollar a piece. Super, super simple, super easy, cheap. It is worth paying a small amount of money. I wouldn't pay $500 for an image, but to pay a dollar for a high-quality stock photo is well worth the peace of mind you get knowing that no one can ever come after you 
uh, for using that image. And plus, you usually get a higher quality image. Using a low quality, low resolution image really draws down the overall value of your site because people immediately are judging you, right? Um, Marty, we've talked about this a little bit. We talked about this on the very first episode. Uh, The days of people giving you a pass for having a crappy website are over. Um, This is why we, we dedicated our first episode to talking about websites and providing customer experience around it because um, you just having a crappy website today is immediately a judgment based on the quality of your business. It doesn't matter if you don't think that way, your, your potential clients are because people realize how easy and inexpensive it is to have at least a clean website. Um, if you don't have one, it really is uh, people, you know, assume that people are passing judgment on your business for the quality of your website, 100% across the board. Um, you know, Marty, do you think that's a reach? I Here's what I'm going to say. I think having uh, a nasty website is a more heinous crime than having a nasty interior to your agency. 97% of your visitors are never going to see the inside of your agency, but yeah. they will check you out online. Yeah. So you there is more potential damage to having an ugly website than there is to having an ugly inside to your office. You know, it's funny. We were actually talking about this um, with uh, Derek Hyde, our our uh, vice president the- of product development. He handles uh, a lot of what you actually see on TrustedChoice.com. A lot of that is, is Derek from the standpoint of agency search results and profiles. We were talking about... Um, agency profiles because we're we're starting to come up to like the next generation of what advantage profiles will look like on trustedchoice.com so uh, advantage subscribers have this have uh, an enhanced profile it gives them searchability uh, in Google it gives them a higher ranking and more searchability inside of trustedchoice.com and uh, we have Gen 1 up, and we're now starting to look at Gen 2. And one of the things that we realized is that many of the advantage subscribers that we have go in one time, and they stick some information, and they leave. They never come back and update their profile. And we were having this conversation around um, the agents that tend to get more leads on TrustedChoice.com tend to be, this isn't a hard and fast rule, but it is um, an anecdotal insight that we've seen. Um, and, and we're going to have more information as we're as as you know our our platform continues to mature. But but one of the things we've seen is that the people who go in and really do a good quality job of filling out their profile and presenting themselves and and making sure the the profile image is a picture of a human being and and talking about their agency. You know we have agencies that go in and have put like five words as their agency description, and then they wonder why. Uh, insurance buyers are choosing other agents and aren't choosing their agency. And the reason is, just like with your website, I think uh, this kind of example I'm giving you inside trustedchoice.com is a microcosm of this. People judge us and the quality of our business based on the time and effort we put into our online profiles. And your website is essentially an online profile. So it, it makes sense to go in and update your Advantage profile and make sure that it talks about your agency and what's important to you and what's important to people who are thinking about choosing you and it's just as important as it is with your website so we're on images and now you're talking about profiles so i gotta take us on a little side journey here one of the most um horrific images that an agency put up 
as the image that represented their agency on trustedchoice.com was a picture of the outside of their was a picture of the outside of their agency. And we have a number of people who do that. And um, what made this what made this picture unique was the largest thing in the picture was the SUV that just happened to be parked on the curb in front of the agency. So above the above the door was a nice little awning with the name of the agency on it. That was all very well done, except that there's this huge SUV in the front. Then to add insult to injury, there's a monstrous pile of snow at the front bumper of the SUV, which is literally visually blocking you if you were in the camera position from walking in the front door of the agency. From even really that, seeing the front door, you could only see the top of the door. <laughs> it, was, it, it was wrong in so many levels. It was just, but again, so getting back to our discussion of images, creative commons, licensing, all that kind of stuff, you need to select those images with care. They communicate a story, and you want that story to ultimately help your customers understand who you are as an agent and attract new prospects in that hopefully will become customers. So, uh, and the only other thing I wanted to throw on the tail end of that is um, we're talking about uh, attribution for images, but let's assume that you wanted to get some text for your website uh, about auto insurance. Do not, do not, do not go out to my website, martyagatherinsurance.com, which actually doesn't exist. But don't go there and just clip my content for your page, please. Uh, you may find an article that makes perfect sense to your, to your segment, aviation. Don't just clip the stuff and put it on your website. Point your customers to where you find it. Attribution. Use the tools the way they're designed to be used you will ultimately gain and nobody will be knocking on your door looking for cash. Yeah, so I just want to clean up uh, I just want to clean up for everyone what Marty just said. So basically um, let's say there was an article, and this happens a lot with Agency Nation, uh, so this is a very specific example. Um, we had a state association uh, within the big eye say, hey, we really love this article, we would love to reproduce it on our website. Absolutely no problem. Love it, fantastic there is no negative SEO benefit to anyone, there's no negative impact in any way, Other, as long as, and this is the only caveat to that, at the very bottom of the article, or, or somewhere, but I think at the bottom is most appropriate, uh, you just put originally published on, you know, in this case it would be Agency Nation, and just a link back to the original article. So you can do this with anybody. Let's say uh, there's a Trusted Choice article that you're interested in. Instead of just copying it and pasting it, which actually, you know, if you don't put attribution, actually negatively impacts your site because Google will know that it was originally published on ours. So Google will know that the first publication of that content was trustedchoice.com. Then they'll see it copied verbatim on your site, and, and there actually is a negative, there can be negative SEO implications to doing that. So negative search engine implications to doing that, unless. At the very bottom, you put originally published on trustedchoice.com. Or if you see a great article on a state association website, do the same thing. Contact the state association. Say, hi, I saw you produce this great uh, article. We'd really love to reproduce it on our agency site. And they should um, be be willing to say, no problem, just give us attribution, which just means acknowledgement and a simple link back to the original article. And then that way... 
Google does not penalize you, doesn't penalize anybody. It just is a really clean, easy way to provide additional high-quality content on your site and, uh, and make sure everybody's happy. So uh, the same thing goes with images. You know, if, you, if you're unsure, ask. They have the right to say no. Um, but if they don't, then just give them attribution with a simple link and a mention, and you are good to go, no concerns, with uh, ever having somebody come back and uh, take issue with the content that is on your site. So, uh, Marty, that's a really good point that it works both for text and for um, and for images. The one thing I'll say is like a YouTube video, if you embed a YouTube video, someone else's YouTube video on your site, you don't have to give attribution. So you wouldn't, you know, the, the YouTube video in and of itself is a link, so you don't have to uh, give attribution for that. So if you, if there was a, a really great... Um, uh, video somewhere that you thought your audience or, or your uh, your clients would be interested in, you can embed that on your site, and uh, there's no there's no uh, negative SEO implications to embedding someone else's YouTube video on your site. Absolutely not. So uh, you can do that. Same thing with SlideShare. If there's a slideshow you want to include that's not yours, there's no um, there's no issues with that. You can embed that stuff, no problem. So. All right, so Ryan, let's let's go back to our uh, topic on how we'd spend a hundred bucks. But sort of as an overarching comment for that, I I wanted to, to to indicate that this study says that we're going to move from about thirteen uh, percent of the total marketing budget going towards social media today, two thousand and fifteen projections uh, by Duke University to twenty one percent of budget being focused on social media uh, by 2019, four years out. So um, clearly this is something that uh, agencies should be thinking about. And let's get back to your $100. So one of the things we talked about was good images. What are some of the other items? You know, some of the other things are uh, things like advertising, so uh, paying for ads. Uh, Facebook is very much, from a business perspective, pay-to-play today. Uh, and, And I don't think that we should have a problem with that. You know, I think um, if you have, there, there are ways to do Facebook advertising correctly, and this isn't the podcast that we're going to talk about that today. But um, Facebook ads can be very powerful, incredible targeting. Um, there's all kinds of different things you can do, and I do think that uh, spending money on a consistent basis, somewhere between say twenty and maybe fifty dollars a month. On, on just kind of amplifying your posts or targeting specific audience uh, specific audiences so maybe people who who like uh, specific business in your community or people who live within 50 miles or um, people who are getting married in your community these are all things that you can target and I do think there's some money to be spent there um, but you know I wanna I want to keep us to a reasonable time so we said that we would dial in the time a little bit so we have about four minutes left to the show. Um, you know the 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 one I I really want to talk about is uh, is scheduling. Okay, so we talked about um, that buffer the the this tool. There is another tool, um, Hootsuite. There's another tool, Sprout Social. These are all paid tools. Um, there are if you're on WordPress, there are some some plugins, some free plugins, so additional features that you can add to your site that allows for scheduling. Um, I think that. A scheduling tool, specifically like a buffer, um, really it makes the process so much easier, right? 
it, it takes a lot of time when you're scrambling at the last minute to pull together content. What Buffer allows you to do is, uh, so you let's say you see an article that you would like to share with your community, whether you've written it or someone else has. What Buffer allows you to do is pick, say, seven times throughout the day that you have slots that you can you know, post to Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or Google Plus or Pinterest. And you can then say, okay, this article I would like to share in the next available slot uh, to all five social platforms. So one click, article shared to all five platforms. Or you can say, this is just a really good article for Twitter. I really don't want to share it on Facebook. Okay, you can just choose Twitter. And then as you're going throughout the course of your day, you can fill up. And, and you can do this from your website too. It just doesn't have to be other websites. So you can uh, fill up um, your kind of queue of posted articles you know, with maybe old articles that you have from your website. So you can go back into your directory and put one uh, that you maybe you created three or four months ago. And then what happens is, so you're doing this over the course of maybe 15 or 20 minutes in the morning. And you've now scheduled out so that your entire week is filled with social shares. So it looks like you're being incredibly active, but really you've just spent some time to fill up this queue. And now you're freeing up time to do the things that you know insurance professionals have to do every day, regardless of what position you hold in the agency. So I do. I think social media scheduling, um, content scheduling, these tools can help with publishing articles too. Really, really important. Important to think about. And just an incredible amount of value in these tools if you're actually using them. Um, you know, it, it just – it's these little things that, that free up time that make social media less of a, a burden on the agency and, and allows, uh, allows insurance professionals to do the business of insurance while still maintaining a solid digital presence. That is absolutely correct. And and. Most importantly, what it allows you to do is concentrate that time a couple of times a week where you can actually delve deeply into all of the resources that you check on a regular basis and you don't have to feel like you need to do that every day. Efficiency helps radically in this instance. Yeah. It just it's it's very important. So, all right, everyone. You know we're 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 hit right around the uh, we're actually around thirty five minutes here. I want to wrap up the show. I want to keep it more concise. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed kind of the uh, harder hitting, more tactical nature of the show. Uh, less maybe blathering. Uh, what was the other word? Blow. Uh, Bloviate. Bloviating and pontificating of the of the previous two episodes. And if you if you like this style of the show better, you know, come to the show notes, come to the comments, let us know. I mean, that's how we the, that's how we originally got the feedback about the first two episodes. And and we're trying to make this a resource for agents and insurance professionals on the go, so that you can be kind of stay up on what's going on in digital marketing and in our industry and, and and marketing and sales and automation as a whole while you're doing the things in your business. So that's the best part about podcasts is you can take them with you and uh, we want to make this as valuable as possible. Uh, what we'd really appreciate is if you enjoyed this and you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, going to that platform, leave us a rating and review. It helps us reach more people in our industry. Tell your, your closest friend in the industry about the show and uh, and we'll do everything we can to, to continue to add value. Marty, any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Nothing that comes immediately to mind. 
I took that by the long pause before you responded. <laughs> All right, everyone. It has been a glorious 35 minutes. We will see you on the next episode of Agency Nation Radio.